Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, good news first. Last night, the Republican National Convention was outstanding. Uh, Another group of just incredible speeches. Again, the Republican Party finally got it. You need emotion. We can't just talk policy all the time. Policy's great. Policy matters to me. I am a policy wonk and always have been. I love policy, but policy doesn't bleed. Got to make it bleed. You got to make it real. You got to make it fit on a Wheaties box. You got to make it make sense. Econometrics is fantastic. Not everybody has the time to dig into it. You got to make policy bleed. Put some emotion in it. And they did that successfully again last night. I don't think as big of a knockout performance as night one, but spectacular nonetheless and far surpassing anything the Democrats did during their disastrous Zoom meeting, otherwise known as the DNC. I've got that, and I've also got a just a really troubling article in the Wall Street Journal. We're going to go through piece by piece. You had better start preparing yourself. I am not kidding for some post-election day chaos. You say chaos? There can't possibly be more chaos. Just wait. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today from prying eyeballs. Get a VPN. Don't wait. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Fine, sir. Well, Daniel, the chaos is a coming, and we know it. We've been I told. know. I know you saw that Hillary yeah. clip, right? That's, yeah, yeah, Hillary clip. I, I'm not, did, folks, you're not going to want to, no. Hillary's not even hiding. Joe sent to me before the show. She's not even, this isn't a dog whistle. No. Hillary's just like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. It, don't go anywhere. It's going to be a loaded <laughs> show. Yeah. Uh, one more note, programming note. Uh, Paul and I will be flying to D.C. after tomorrow's show mm-hmm. to go to the Thursday night uh, event, the, uh, the acceptance speech at the White House. Hopefully we'll have some photos for you on Friday morning. Don't worry, it's not going to impact the show. We do. <laughs> going to be a quick turnaround again. Maybe not a lot of sleep, <laughs> but don't worry. We will be back on Friday with some photos. Won't impact the show. So uh, I'll tell you what it was like live. Be in there. So thank you for the invitation right. from the uh, Trump campaign. Really appreciate it. All right. Today's show brought to you by our friends at GenuCell. Ladies and gents, the GenuCell summer blowout sale is on for only two more weeks. Get a $40 instant coupon applied automatically to your online or phone order. It's really that easy. How? Just go to GenuCell.com, enter my promo code DAN40, that's DAN40 at checkout. Plus order the GenuCell jawline treatment and classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness and Chamonix will double your supply of both products for free. We love this product in this house. Huge favorite of my mother-in-law and my wife, Paula. That's why she looks so young and outstanding. Now is your turn to look years and even decades younger. Results guaranteed. You simply get 100% of your money back. It's really that easy. Order GenuCell now and Chamonix will double your order free. Two weeks only. And for results in two minutes, the GenuCell immediate effects is also yours free. Get double your order plus a free surprise luxury gift. Here's what you need to do. Go to GenuCell.com. Enter my special promo code DAN40 at checkout to unlock your discount. Again, GenuCell.com, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com, Dan40, promo code at checkout. All right, Joe, let's go. Let's do the good news first on this one because uh, it matters, and I don't like starting you off in the morning. Some of you listen in the morning. Some of you listen at night with bad news. Get going. Feel good. Get the endorphins flowing. Let's go to speech number one. Dan Cameron, the Attorney General of Kentucky, Again, who happens to be black, I always say that because that's all that matters to liberals. That's it. Liberals are the shallowest, dumbest people on earth in many respects. And all that matters to them is the melanin component of your skin. That's it. They stop right there. Further analysis, not necessary. Doesn't mean much to us at all as Republicans. We just care about you as a human being. Shocker. Oh, my gosh. What a crazy idea. But Dan Cameron, who is the black attorney general of Kentucky, you can stop after black for the left. They don't need to hear anymore. We just care that he's a really good guy and seems to be doing a good job. Gave a really incredible speech last night. Some of you may have seen it. Here's a little bit of it, a small clip, where he just crushes Joe Biden as being the one with the real questionable racist commentary, not Donald Trump. Check this out. I think often about my ancestors who struggled for freedom And as I think of those giants and their broad shoulders, I also think about Joe Biden, who says, if you aren't voting for me, you ain't black. 
who argued that Republicans would put us back in chains, who says there is no diversity of thought in the black community. Mr. Vice President, look at me. I am black. We are not all the same, sir. I am not in chains. My mind is my own. And you can't tell me how to vote because of the color of my skin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's black, Dan Cameron. He's not in chains. He is a free American citizen. Matter of fact, he's the lead law enforcement official for the great state of Kentucky. And you ain't going to tell him how to vote. And you sure as hell ain't going to tell him, quote, he ain't black. Biden will say that because that's who Biden is. Biden's history of racist commentary is crystal clear. Now, you know, one quick note on this. I I don't have the article, but just a note. Jason Riley has an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal today. Jason Riley happens to be black, too, and he's a terrific uh, uh, conservative commentator. Riley says, listen, you know, the Republicans can't win this game accusing the Democrats like Biden of being racist. And he he makes a decent point, Joe. The point is that, listen, the Democrats have practiced this. You're a racist for 30 years. They're really good at it. It's the only thing they have, as a matter of fact, which is actually an excellent point. And Riley's not wrong. Riley says, you know, we need to appeal to the black voters, Hispanic voters, Asian voters on on emotion, policy, and, and just better ideas, which is accurate. But where I disagree with Jason is I don't think it hurts exactly. I don't think it hurts, maybe not help that much, but I don't think it hurts to point out that it's really the Democrats with the grotesque history of racism and Biden's history of racist comments. I don't think it hurts. You think Biden's in it for the home team? Big fan of the minority community? Sure, he talks about you in the minority community, especially if you're black. Be black in chains. In chains. You don't vote for him, you ain't black? People are looking at him like, really? I don't think it hurts. I disagree with Jason a little bit on that one. Maybe it doesn't help that much. But they want to play this game where everybody's a racist? Well, let's point out where they say things that are overtly racist. All right, moving on. A lot of great speeches last night. Don't have time for all of them, so I'm picking the highlights. I think the star of the night, my humble opinion, Paul, I think, thought the same thing. Am I right? Nick Sandman. Nick Sandman, who... uh, (laughs) This is kind of funny, not funny, funny, a little funny. Someone said, this was a great idea. You know, Nick Sandman, who was... Um, the young Covington uh, kid, teenager, teens, teenager, it's more appropriate, who was at the rally for life, the March for Life. And remember, it was accused. He got in the face of this Native American elder was harassing him when the exact opposite yeah, was true. Yeah. They stalked him and got up in his yeah. face. So, of course, CNN and the lunatics over there proceeded to trash Nick Sandman. He then sued, um, settled out of court with uh, CNN and others. Um, and someone suggested, yes, and <laughs> Sandman's speech, he should have pulled up in like a, a Lamborghini Scion or something and got out with like a thanks CNN bumper sticker. Okay. Maybe mildly inappropriate for the RNC, but still funny nonetheless. Sandman, in my opinion, was the star of the night. A little more humble than I would have been. I'm sometimes missing the humble gene. Although a guy reached out to me on Facebook Messenger yesterday and said he installed the cable in my house and was very impressed by how humble I was. I thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. He said, you came in and introduced yourself and welcomed us into your house. I always do that. I used to work for a living. So thank you. I'm not going to say your name, Mr. Cable Guy. True story, Paula, in our old house. He found me. He said, I didn't know who you were at the time. Apparently I'm famous, amazing, and pretty incredible. But Nick said, I'm not usually that humble when it comes to dealing with the media. Nick was very humble, and I thought he did a great job. I'm just going to play the end of this. Now, if you're not watching on YouTube and you're listening on radio, don't worry. I'll describe what he does at the end. You may have seen it last night if you didn't. Um, it may have been, although the speech was humble, the ending is one of those moments, I think, good, solid conservatives, Republicans, libertarians, and others, and even Democrats fuming at the media, will remember for a long time. This is the ending of this speech. Really. Really good. Check this out. In November, I believe this country must unite around a president who calls the media out and refuses to allow them to create a narrative instead of reporting the facts. I believe we must join a president who will challenge the media to return to objective journalism. And together, 
I believe we must all embrace our First Amendment rights and not hide in fear of the media or from the tech companies or from the outrage mob either. This is worth fighting for. This is worth voting for. And this is what Donald Trump stands for. Thank you all for listening to me tonight. And one more thing. Let's make America great again. Do we have a MAGA hat anywhere? No, no, don't send me a minute. Now we'll get a million MAGA hats at the post office. We do, right? Somewhere in now. They are. They're in the other What? So he says, and, and, and let's make America great. And he dons the red MAGA cap. Why does that matter for, so, for some of you out there who may be unfamiliar with the story? When young Nick Sandman, a young, white, uh, Christian young man, again, that matters to the left, not us, but it's important to the story. He's a perfect target for the media. Young, white, Christian, at a pro-life rally? Oh, my gosh. Confronts a Native American elder who really confronted him. And got up in his face. He got up in his face, this Native American elder. Because he was wearing a MAGA hat. And the commentary for days with the lunatics on CNN was, oh my gosh, the MAGA hat's the new Ku Klux Klan hood. Is it really? No better moment than CNN broadcasting the RNC, which they had to. CNN broadcasting the RNC last night and having that speech play in full. And Sandman putting that MAGA hat on in the end as he calls out brilliantly cancel culture and media hysteria. I, my humble opinion, IMHO, Nick was the star of the night. Extremely well done. A very well-spoken, articulate, put-together young man who fought back, who fought back against nearly insurmountable odds, the entire media machine and liberal ecosystem against him, trying to destroy his life, his school, his state, and everyone around him at that rally. He fought back and he won. And I'll tell you a quick inside baseball story. I'll never forget. I'm not going to name him, but a guy who used to do commentary on a cable network, who I thought was a friend, reaching out to me on DM, having no facts about the Sandman incident at all. And say, you better come out against this, man. These little white kids harassing a Native American elder. I said, I'm going to hold off on that Bongino rule. Because this story doesn't sound right to me. Dude, what are you doing, man? You better get out in front of this. Nah, I'm going to wait. But thanks. Never spoke to that guy again. Wow, man. Mm. I was right. We're pretty much always right on that stuff. Eh, Once in a while, we lose it. But the Bongino rule. Wait 72 hours or 24 hours if you can. Usually the story will turn around and shown to be a hoax. I'm just saying. All right, there were some more gems last night. Um, I thought the standout performance of the night from the Trump family, uh, they were all good. Tiffany was good. Melania was great. Um, I thought Eric was really um, spectacular. It's hard to say because Melania's speech was very good too. And I have some uh, little piece of that. But Eric Trump was absolutely spectacular. And I, I liked Don Jr.'s speech the night before as well. So I, I uh, put on my parlor account last night. I, uh, I sent it out in a, in a, in a, in a message. I said, uh, <laughs> which probably drove liberals nuts. Trump, Trump, 2024. Wouldn't that be great? Eric and Don Jr. or Don Jr. Whatever. I don't care. Trump, Trump. 20, the liberals went crazy. They hated that. They lost their minds. They lost their mind. Trump, Trump, 2020, can't take that. Here's a clip of Eric's speech at the end. A very emotional appeal. We forget sometimes that Donald Trump was a dad. And listen, all you dads out there, and there are a lot of you, and moms too, you all know this to be true. Joe, you know this. Paula, you know this. Mm -hmm. All of you listening. If you're a genuinely bad dude, you're a sociopath, a loser, a life zero, It's really, really hard to raise good kids. You see it once in a while where a kid escapes a really terrible family, but it's rare. Wouldn't you agree, Joe? Yeah. Most of the the losers you've known in your life, sadly, Mm -hmm. have kids that turn out to be not good guys. Yeah, it shows up in the kids. The kids. Yeah. It shows up in the kids. It's just they learn awful life lessons by social modeling and just behavioral modeling what they see in their household. Yeah. My point in this is, Don Jr. and Eric and Ivanka and Tiffany seem like really well put together, good kids. Disclosure, I I know Don and Eric. I'm going to say we're 
besties or anything, but I know them pretty well. Tiffany, not so much. I've spoken to Ivanka a few times, but they're always, always humble, respectful, smart, really good kids. I mean, they're adults now, obviously. If Donald Trump is the awful, racist, misogynist, phobophobic, istophobic, horrible guy these lunatic CNNers want you to believe he is, then how did he raise these kids? I don't understand. Am I missing something? We forget he's a father sometimes, too. He's the president of the United States. We get lost in all the political nonsense. Here was Eric making a really emotional appeal, which resonated. I mean, me and Paul both looked at each other. I love when I give you the commentary about me and Paul, like it's Mystery Science Theater 3000. But it's true. Because, you know, after Hannity, I go right to bed. And I'm not a night guy at all. I fall asleep. But I watch this and I say, you know, this was Eric's real standout moment. I mean, a real stellar performance. Here's the end where he makes an emotional appeal to his father. I thought this was very well well done. Check this out. In closing, I'd like to speak directly to my father. I miss working alongside you every single day. But I'm damn proud to be on the front lines of this fight. I'm proud of what you're doing for this country. I'm proud to show my children what their grandfather is fighting for. I'm proud to watch you give them hell. Never stop. Continue to be unapologetic. Keep fighting for what is right. You are making America strong again. You are making America safe again. You are making America proud again. And yes, together with a forgotten man and woman who are finally forgotten no more, you are making America great again. Dad, let's make Uncle Robert very proud this week. Let's go get another four years. I love you very much. God bless you, and God bless the United States of America. Spectacular. Spectacular. Presidential in its own right. I get it. You know, liberals will bash it. Oh, look, they're celebrating the Trump family too much. No, no, really, really well done. Really well done. I'm not objective, folks. I'm a conservative. I mean, let's be honest. I'm a Trump supporter. But I do try to evaluate these speeches as an objective observer would because I owe you that. We don't want to give ourselves a false sense of security. Oh, my gosh, that speech was so good and it was terrible. And then we're losing. No, that speech was genuinely really, really. Paul is always the ultimate arbiter. She loved it. I mean, she just said that. We gotta, I know we got to get her on a mic. One of these days, she'll cave and open up her own mic. She can. She just doesn't want to. We'll get her one day. I get a lot of feedback. Put Paul on the microphone. She loved it. What a genuinely emotional appeal. Eric, really, I think, um, you know, I, I don't know what his aspirations are for office at all. Candidly, I have no idea. But I, tre- I, I, uh, <laughs> I sent that out of my parlor account. Trump, Trump 2024, the liberals were absolutely crazy. It was hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just love poking them sometimes. It's just spectacular. For those of you who don't know, by the way, every morning on on Parlor, I tweet out the date and that, you know, whatever, it's August 26th, and Barack Obama was the most corrupt president in the history of the United States. I do that every morning on Parlor. You really need to check it out. I do it on Twitter and Facebook too. It drives liberals crazy. It drives them, read the comments, they lose their minds. Oh, sorry. I know you're not supposed to laugh at your own jokes. All right, so Melania last night I thought was another uh, breakout great speech. I thought it was terrific. She ended the night. The visuals were spectacular, obviously, in the Rose Garden, the American flags in the background. The fact that Melania is an immigrant, happens to speak five languages, a fact probably lost on uh, Bette Midler, one of the great morons of Hollywood. I'll get to that in a minute, too. Obviously, can't play. It was a very It was a long speech, but a very good one. But one of the things Melania hit on that I think gets lost with the, I don't like Trump's tweets crowd. I get that. I understand that. Believe me, I get it. I'll leave that for another day. I get it. His style's different. Some people don't like it. I get it. I'm not trying to talk you out of that. But I always ask this question when it comes to Donald Trump's presidency to conservatives, real conservatives, not fake conservatives, not the Lenin Project, a.k.a. the Lincoln Project, not those guys. Real conservatives. What matters to you more? And so, ladies and gentlemen, it's a legitimate question. It's not a fake question or a rhetorical one. It's a legitimate question. What matters to you more? Your perceived character or the person in office. Say perceived because you don't really know Donald Trump. You don't. I mean, let's be honest. I've met him, what, four or five times, Paula? And I got to, I don't, 
I'm not his bestie either, but I have a decent feel for who he is. I'm very comfortable with who he is. But most of you don't know him, and I'm not claiming to either, some deep understanding of him. So you don't really know his character, but what matters to you more, your, per- your perception of his character or what he does to advance the conservative cause? Think about that for a second. Radio silence for one, two, three. What matters? Fair question, right? We've got a bevy of conservative judges appointed because of Donald Trump. We got the tax cuts we wanted. Business competitiveness coming back to the United States. Listen, outside the plague, the plague was a unique disaster. It would have collapsed anyone's account. It doesn't matter who, Ronald Reagan could have come back from the dead. So outside of the plague, and we're getting it back now, which what we've seen tremendous growth rates. Massive regulatory reform. The fight against Planned Parenthood doubled down. You had Abby Johnson last night. At the Abby Johnson, a, a, an incredible speech about the disaster, the apocalypse that the abortion movement in the United States has become. You think any other Republican convention under anyone else other than Donald Trump would have done that and allowed that to air? Not a chance. So what matters more? Simple question. And I'll get to Melania because it matters in the speech. Does it matter your perception of his character or do re- conservative results matter more? Would you rather have a guy you perceive to have some, perceive, because most of them don't, by the way, some stellar, unblemished character, a saintly figure in the White House who does nothing to save lives through abortion, to advance our economic liberty, to advance school choice and get kids an opportunity to escape the hell of a bad school? Would you rather them just have a better character and throw all that in the garbage? I can't answer that for you. I can only answer it for me. And the answer for me is I have no problem with his character. And I believe what he's done for the conservative movement has been absolutely spectacular. There are things we can change. But there's no question it's been a conservative agenda. None. Melania brings this point up last night during her speech. And this is what I thought the most. It's about a minute. It's this clip here where she emphasizes, hey, at least the guy's authentic. You may not like it. You may perceive his character as being little bit brush, little little rough, some thorns on that rose. But nobody, nobody on planet Earth knows Donald Trump better than Melania Trump. All class, by the way. All class. Nobody. And she emphasized what I just told you. At least he's authentic. And he cuts through the BS. Check this out. I'm here because we need my husband to be our president and commander in chief for four more years. He's what is best for our country. We all know Donald Trump makes no secrets about how he feels about things. Total honesty is what we as citizens deserve from our president. Whether you like it or not, you always know what he's thinking. And that is because he's an authentic person who loves this country and its people and wants to continue to make it better. Donald wants to keep your family safe. He wants to help your family succeed. He wants nothing more than for this country to prosper, and he doesn't waste time playing politics. Yeah, that's absolutely right. At least he's real. We don't like that real part. Fine. Don't like it. That's up to you. But at least he's not faking it. At least he's not giving you a false patina of who he really is. And then when you crack that patina and get into the marrow of that bone, you find out, oh, that's not really who he was. No, no, he is who he says he is. Remember the coach for the Arizona Cardinals, Dennis Green, they were talking about their loss to the Bears. Did you, did you think they were who they said they were? We are who he thought they were. We are. We, that's who Donald Trump is. He is who you think he is. He's pretty authentic. And I thought Melania's speech was very, very effective. Now, of course, cue the racist, xenophobic, misogynistic, the homophobic, transphobic left. Yes, that's right. That's what they are. They really are. It's actually Republicans that respect every human being's big R, God-given right to live freely. You would disagree with how they live, but to live freely? As long as they're not breaking the law, we respect that. Gay, straight, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, immigrant, non-immigrant. 
You follow the rules, don't break the law. You are free to live as you see fit. I mean, disagree with it, but you are free to do it. It's the left that really falls in love with racism and xenophobia and all that other stuff. No, Dan, that can't be. Yes, it is. Melania Trump happens to have an accent. By the way, a fact that seems to um, really stir up the left. Why would that be, Joe? I thought they're the one. They love immigration. Or the left, or we're supposed oh, the Republicans are so anti-immigrant. We are really. I'm married to, well, I don't know how that happened. Don't understand but that, no. How'd I get past yeah. that? My gosh, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Man alive. Joe has people in his family who aren't from this country. How'd Joe get past that? It's just yeah. crazy. I don't know how he did it. Hmm. Joe, he had a sideline, his, his xenophobia, <laughs> just like me. I don't know how we got past it. Right, Joe? How did we do it? Yeah, how did we some, do it, dude? Uh, some mystery <laughs> potion that was given to us by leftists? No, it's really the leftists that are the xenophobes and the racists. My eyes get red when I, I just, I can't take the, the stupidity. So here's Hollywood snob and um, has been Bette Midler. I think uh, the highlight of her career was that Hocus Pocus or something or whatever she was in. So Bette Midler who claims to be a singer or an actor. She tweeted out after Melania's speech, oh God, she still can't speak English. Mm. Man. How many languages exactly does Melania Trump speak? Oh, five. Five. Or if Joe Biden was talking five, you need an extra finger because Joe Biden doesn't even know numbers. I'm sure Bette Midler speaks five languages. Yes, she does. Ignorance, stupidity, greed, nonsense. Man, that's, that's the language she speaks, <laughs> Bette Midler. Trust me when I tell you, Bette Midler would slay to be Melania Trump. But Melania Trump has no interest in being Bette Midler. Trust me on that one. But that's Hollywood for you. Republicans don't like immigrants. Really? Melania Trump's an immigrant. You're making fun of her accent? She speaks five languages, you dunce. Five. That's five more than you speak. You can barely speak English. Unbelievable. But again, Hollywood, keep lecturing us. How we're the Republicans and we're out of touch on immigration. Keep keep lecturing us. Thank you. Idiots. All right. Um, listen, I want to get to my next sponsor. But I, have, I have one more um, video for you. It's not, it, it's kind of related to the RNC, but a, a C-SPAN caller who calls in. I don't know if you all heard this or didn't. A caller to C-SPAN that just lights it up. Lights it up. And I think the host and everyone else was shocked. This is worth hearing. Today's show brought to you by our friends at ExpressVPN. You hear them at the beginning of all of my shows. Ladies and gentlemen, we are very concerned in our household for obvious reasons about people tracking our online activity for a lot of business reasons. We don't want it. I don't want people tracking our activity. We have ExpressVPN. And the VPNs they have are the best in the business. They let you access the internet as if you're from a different country. You know, Netflix, they have different shows and movies available depending from where you are. With ExpressVPN, you can unlock thousands of new shows because they don't know where you're logging on from. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but ExpressVPN is ridiculously fast. You can stream everything in HD quality with zero buffering. We have it. We watch, uh, we watch these shows all the time. ExpressVPN is available on every device, phones, laptops, tablets, even your TV. ExpressVPN works with many streaming services, Netflix, Amazon Prime, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, and many more. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. It's so simple to use. Just fire up the ExpressVPN app, change your location. It's that simple. Hit connect and refresh the page and the show or movie you want will magically appear. It's great because they, it not only does it protect your online activity, they don't even know what country you're logging on from. It's just terrific. That's why we love ExpressVPN. We have one of the routers too. If you use my link right now at expressvpn.com slash Bongino, you'll get this. An extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Don't wait. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. Expressvpn.com slash Bongino today. Don't wait. Hide your online activity from these prying eyeballs. You don't need it. We've seen what these people can do when they get their eyeballs on what you're doing. Expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Go today. All right, so I I told you this uh, this call about this caller. So C-SPAN, they have this you know show where people can call in. It's kind of like a TV radio call in kind of a thing. Some of you've heard it, some of you not. But um, caller calls in and says, "Hey, listen, I'm a Democrat or whatever, and I saw the RNC, and I got to tell you, I'm getting sick of all this chaos in the street. 
And you can see the look on the host's face. Like, eh, what, what do we do now? Yeah. This is great. Check this out. I'm a Democrat, and our convention last week uh, uh, is no comparison to what I've seen in just the last two nights. What do you mean? I'm from Minnesota, where all these riots and looting and the burning started. And, uh, I mean, not a mention about us last week, about saving our communities, helping our homeless, rebuilding our businesses. And this convention, just in the last two nights, has has awakened me that there is hope that there are people that are willing to fight for us people in our communities. Barb, are you and in the are you in the Twin Cities area or outside? In the, in the Twin Cities. And uh, right outside the Twin Cities. Has some of the protests have they frightened you? Yeah, oh, absolutely. They've been, you know, 7 miles away with a a new um, John Johnson of our party going into a neighborhood with 200 of Black Lives Matter supporters and terrorizing innocent neighbors in a community. It, it is scary. What's her name? Was it Barb? Did she say? You think? Uh, you think Barb from Minnesota, Democrat who's tired of the chaos? and was proud to see the Republican National Convention celebrate America and a return to law, order, and stability, peace in the streets. You think Barb from Minnesota is the only one who feels that way? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm out of the predictions game. But if you'll see, if you read today's show notes, I have two polls. Bongino.com slash newsletter is where you go if you'd like to subscribe to our show notes. It's free, of course. I put, give you the best articles of the day. I have two articles I need you to read. One about swing state approval ratings, polls closing. Closing, meaning Trump's starting to close in on Biden significantly in swing states, Florida, Arizona, and elsewhere. And another poll showing a 10% difference in support for Trump over Biden. Over Biden. I, I, I don't know why the left, which is usually smarter than this, not right. They're pretty much wrong on everything, but they're usually tactically more gifted than this. Why they thought burning down American cities, marching through the suburbs, screaming at megaphones at three o'clock in the morning to wake people up and calling them mother fingers. Why they thought this is a successful strategy to persuade independence? I, 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 I don't know. Who are the morons running this party? I'm hoping to get this. I got video of what happened in Kenosha last night. We warned you. Were you not warned that this increased chaos was going to lead to confrontations in the street? Because people aren't going to let their businesses burn down. We have warned you. Nobody wants, nobody's sane. I'm not talking about the left. Talking about sane people. Nobody wants this. You were warned and it happened anyway. I've got that coming up too. And you think this message sells? You think Barb from Minnesota? She's not even the only Barb from Minnesota who's a Democrat who probably feels the same way. All the other Barbs from Minnesota who are Democrats who vote Republican, you can email us at the show. I'd love to hear from you too. Barb number 22, I used to vote Democrat. They tried to burn my house down. Now I'm voting Republican. Shocker. Only to idiots, it's a shocker. All right, let me move on to this piece. I've been teasing it the whole show, and it's spectacular. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a piece in the Wall Street Journal today about what happens post-election day if a candidate just basically doesn't concede and the election's in doubt because mail-in ballots are popping in all over, no postmarks. What do we do? We've never had that scenario. Mail-in voting could deliver chaos, Wall Street Journal. Delays will play havoc with federal electoral college deadlines. Entire states could be disenfranchised. Folks, this article, I read this this morning, really, I have to tell you, really scared me. We're going to go through it piece by piece. I have an incredible five screenshots from it, which Paula, wouldn't you agree, is pretty unprecedented. It's like four Muttley events. They almost never happen. But this article, you're going to need to know every detail of it. Before I get to it, why I think this is going to be a potential debacle post-election day, and you better start preparing. I mean, mentally in your head, get ready for the idea 
that election day, you may not get a result. Or the next day, or the next week, or maybe even the next month. And the question then becomes, what do we do? Why do I say that? Here's Hillary Clinton, as Joe told me before the show, because he gets to sneak peek these clips like no one else. <laughs> he said, Dan, they're not even dog whistling anymore. They're just coming out and saying, ah, elections don't matter. We won't concede. Yep. Here's Hillary Clinton saying exactly that. Check this out. Yeah, this is a big organizational challenge, but at least we know more about what they're going to do. And, you know, Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out and eventually, I do believe he will win if we don't give an inch and if we are as focused and relentless as the other side is. That was from The Recount. And that's an interview Hillary Clinton conducted with Jen Palmieri, former Clinton swamper right there. And she's like, when Hillary says that, do you see what she does? My elbows don't show. Yeah, yes. My elbows don't work. Mm-hmm. Either does my shoulder. So imagine it's two arms. Yes. Other arm. Hold on. <laughs> that other arm seriously doesn't work. I'm not even messing with you. I can't even do that anymore. Imagine me as a referee, Joe. Oh. Field goal. <laughs> Field. The arm doesn't work. She's cheering. She thinks this is great that Hillary's actually recommending that Joe Biden, who could lose, not concede. Did you ever in your lifetimes, serious question, not hyperbolic, not a joke, not intended for effect. Do you ever in your lifetime think we'll be asking questions like, what if a candidate who loses doesn't concede? No. What does the military do? Mm. I know you didn't. I didn't. No. No, Joe, serious. What does the military right. do? Who's the commander in chief? Huh? Like, no, Dan, that only happens in third world republics. Not according to Hillary. Right. What if they don't concede? Now you may say, well, what does that mean? What are the mechanics? And here's the reason I found this article so fascinating, because it goes through the actual mechanics about what happens. Let's go through this, memorize every bit of this. This is important. Screenshot one from the journal piece. Ladies and gentlemen, under current federal law, the presidential election must take place on November 3rd, unless the law has changed, which it won't. November 3rd is the date of the election, period, full stop. And the electors chosen on that day must vote on December 14th to select the new president and vice president. You know, there's an electoral college. Obviously, the popular vote only matters because it determines who the electors are. They must vote on December 14th. These dates cannot be changed without an act of Congress. And the 20th Amendment sets inauguration day on January 20th. Keep, Keep that up a second, Paula. So we have three dates that are not movable unless the law changes. It's not gonna change. November 3rd is going to be the election. December 14th, the electors chosen via the popular votes in those states, in the states, have to vote on December 14th, and they pick the new president and vice president. And Inauguration Day is January 20th, 2021. Not movable. There's not going to be a change. That is the law. That's not Hillary Clinton's opinion. It's not Donald Trump's opinion. That's the law. Everybody get that? How do you get those dates? You say, well, Dan, those dates aren't in the Constitution. No. But the Constitution prescribes a process and laws were written according to that process. And here's what the law says, which gives us those dates because they're not the same dates in every election cycle. Let's go to takeaway number two from the article. Very important stuff here. Congress has done so by enacting laws mandating that, quote, the electors of the president and vice president shall be appointed in each state on the Tuesday next after the first Monday in November, this year, November 3rd. And that the Electoral College must meet and vote on the first Monday after the second Wednesday in December, this year, December 14th. The law, as the Supreme Court held in Foster versus Love in 97, taken together, the relevant constitutional and statutory provisions mandate, quote, holding all elections for Congress and the presidency on a single day throughout the union. What's the takeaway from screen cap one and screen cap two? The dates aren't changing, folks. You can do whatever you want in your liberal states to do vote by mail, vote by telephone, vote by carrier pigeon. It doesn't matter. You're going to have to get a vote in and you're going to have to get it in by November 3rd. 
so the electors can pick the president by December 14th so he can be inaugurated by January 20th, no matter who that president is, Trump or Biden. There's not going to be any law change. Does everybody get that? Because the way Hillary Clinton talks about it, you would think that this non-concession has some kind of legal basis. Right. In other words, her recommendation to Joe Biden, you see where I'm going with this, yes, Joe? Her yep. recommendation, oh, don't concede, has no legal weight whatsoever. Bingo. Those electors are meeting December 14th to pick a president, no matter what Joe Biden does. Candidly, no matter what Trump does either. If Trump says, I'm not conceding, by December 4th, we're going to have a new president. December 14th, excuse me, I said December 4th. That's the law. It's not open for interpretation. It's crystal clear. What is it? The Wednesday after the Tuesday, after the Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Remember that song? That, it's prescribed. Remember that song? Video producer Drew, he was like a key figure in that whole music movement. He always laughs when I sing my dopey song. Nothing's changing. Whether they concede or not, December 14th, you are going to have a president. Now, the obvious questions. We have three more screen caps from this piece. Very unusual, but very good. What if December 14th comes and states are like, ah, oh, we don't have a winner. We got mail-in votes coming in, phone by vote by carrier pigeon, email votes. We got Twitter votes coming in. We're taking uh, the online surveys. What if, what if the states say, oh, we don't have we don't have anybody yet? Well, there's a process for that. Will the process hold? Let's go to screen cap number three here from this excellent piece. It follows that although state statutes permit the use of certain mail-in ballots sent on or before Election Day, that's November 3rd, no ballot cast after November 3rd is constitutionally valid. No ballot cast after November 3rd is constitutionally valid. Remember the screen. Keep this up for a second. The screen cap I just read before, the law, according to the Supreme Court case, is elections are to be held on the same day. If you're accepting ballots after that day, the election's not being held on the same day nationwide, right? Pretty simple. It goes on. This implies that counting unpostmarked mailed ballots that arrive after election day would be unconstitutional. Pretty simple, right, folks? As there would be no way to tell if it were cast in time. In addition... The winner of each state, each state's, excuse me, electoral votes must be determined by December 14th, as we keep saying, or those votes cannot be cast. So we have two takeaways here. Takeaway, takeaway number one, the law, the Supreme Court, the Constitution, the statutory laws and constitutional law have all dictated the election must be held on the same day for Congress or the presidency on the same day. That day this year is November 3rd. If you get a ballot postmarked or non-postmarked or post, let me say two ways, postmarked after November 3rd, that means you mailed it after election day. That is not the same day. November 3rd, same day. November 4th, not same day. November 3rd, November 4th, not the same. Three, four, not the same day. Meaning your vote doesn't count. Sorry, you're bad. You missed it. If the ballot is received, scenario two, after November 3rd with no postmark, meaning you don't know when it was mailed, it is still invalid. Those electors are meeting December 14th to pick a president based on that state's popular vote. Now what happens when the chaos ensues? What if there's a dispute? Well, it was postmarked November 4th, but the voters saying he really mailed it November 2nd. Well, what if it doesn't have a postmark at all and it comes in at 12.01 and someone says, no, no, it came in at 11.59. Oh, come on, Dan, that's not going to happen. <laughs> really? You mm -hmm. remember the hanging chads in Florida? Yep. You sure about that? You think the Democrats who've already said Joe was not kidding. They're not, it's not a dog whistle. We're not conceding. You think they're not going to sue for every one of these ballots? We'll be tied up in litigation till December 14th, 2035. By December 14th, don't forget the date. This better be figured out because they're picking a president by law. But what if it's not? 
Let's go to screen cap number four. I screwed it up this morning. I said to Paula, here's screen cap six. She's like, there's only five. I'm like, <laughs> I had a Biden moment. Very sorry. Here's number four, though. This December 14th deadline is even tighter thanks to another federal statute, which requires that any controversy, i.e. disputes over the electors the state is appointed, must be resolved under pre-existing state law at least six days before the electoral college meets. What does that mean? There's another date I got to memorize? Yes, there is. Sorry, show's chock full of information today, but it's true. Meaning not only are they meeting the electors on December 14th, but if there's a dispute about ballots and who the electors should be electing president, if a dispute isn't resolved by the December 8th, quote, safe harbor, the state's legislatures have until December 14th to determine how the electors are to be selected or, oh, what happens if the state can't figure it out? They forfeit their electoral votes. Ooh, ouch. If a state meets the December 8th deadline, because they have six days from December 8th to December 14th to figure it out, if a state meets the December 8th deadline, the result is conclusive and Congress must accept it. Lot to digest here. But I'm preparing you now for the chaos that's about to come. Hillary's already announcing it. If this election is close, get ready. Was it Katie Bar the door? Right, Joe? Katie Bar the door. I'm telling you. Get ready for the chaos, the protests. You think the Antifa terrorist protests were bad? So just to be clear, you have a six-day window from December 8th to December 14th if there's a dispute. Let's say the election in Wisconsin is tight. Just pulling that state out for uh, because it's a swing state. Let's say there's a lawsuit over 5,000 mail-in ballots and Trump wins the state by 1,000 votes. Some of them say they mailed them on November 3rd, even though they show November 4th. Some of them claim it was at the post office at 11.50. Some say it was at after midnight. There's lawsuits over 5,000 ballots. Trump wins by 1,000. The Democrats in the state and the legislature in Wisconsin say, no, Biden won. The vote tally doesn't show Biden winning. It shows Trump winning, right? What do you do? Well, there's a law for that. You have six days between December 8th and December 14th to tell your electors who are going to elect the president on when? December 14th. Tell them what to do. And Congress must accept it. But what if that dispute isn't solved? And what if the Democrats in Wisconsin and the Republicans in Wisconsin refuse to send electors deemed by the the process there? Well, the state could forfeit or something else could happen. Meaning Wisconsin's electoral votes wouldn't matter at all. Or something else could happen, which is really really disturbing. Here's screen cap number five, or in Dan Bongino this morning, numbers number six. At best, the result, this is if there's a dispute, quote, at best, the result would be electors chosen by state legislatures, right? They pick them. That's it. The state legislators pick the electors, a president's picked. At worst, states would be disenfranchised in the electoral college. In other words, they can't come to a, an agreement, Wisconsin, about who won in their state. They don't figure it out by December uh, 14th. It's over. You don't get any votes. Or, or, for those of you reading ahead, you're like, no way this could happen. Really? What if they send rival slates of electors to vote on December 14th? Leading to a bitter dispute in the United States Congress over which votes to recognize. Any victor who emerged from such chaos would serve under a cloud of illegitimacy promising four more years of political instability. Now, folks, granted, on any sane electoral year, this is the kind of stuff Joe and I and Paula candidly would be embarrassed to talk about. No one's going to see United States. No one's going to do that. Send rival electors. Wisconsin sends Democrat electors for Biden and then Republican electors for Trump, who both think the other team lost. And the United States Congress is looking at them going, who, 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 who is it? 
What happens? What if the election is determined by Wisconsin? What do they have, 10 electoral votes? What if Wisconsin is the hinge? Could be any swing state. Could be Virginia. Could be Michigan. What if for the entire election, that road to 270, 270 electoral votes, what if that entire election comes down to one state and that state cannot agree because of a mail-in voting ballot chaos? Who won? And they send rival electors picking the opposite guy to Congress and they're sitting there going, what do we do? This is the craziest thing I've ever heard. And, and granted, on any other election cycle, you'd be embarrassed to talk about it because you'd sound like a lunatic. Not now. Even a mainstream outlet like the Wall Street Journal is starting to entertain the possibility, given the Democrats' obsession with spying on their political opponents, not accepting election results, weaponizing the government, and now Hillary Clinton openly talking about, screw the election, we're not conceding anything. You better start asking some real questions now. What do we do? All right, let me get to my last sponsor, and I want to get to some some of the most disturbing video I've seen in a long time. Everybody's everybody's been warned. Um, this is just this was inevitable, sadly. Today's show, ladies and gentlemen, brought to you by Bowl and Branch. What do millions of Americans and three former U.S. presidents have in common? They all agree that Bowl and Branch sheets are the softest and most comfortable, pure organic cotton sheets on earth. My wife loves these, loves them. Can't sleep on anything else. Bowl and Branch cotton is rain-fed, pesticide-free, and carries the highest organic certification. That's why it's so soft. It's like a fine wine, too. The more you wear them, the more you use them, the softer they get. They work with family-owned mills, Bowl and Branch, all across the world to expertly weave Bowl and Branch sheets with the highest level of craftsmanship. It's quality. You can feel it the moment you open the box. So you sleep on other sheets and then go to Bowl and Branch. You're not, it's not even. It's not even the same. And since they sell direct to you, Bowl and Branch starts at just $160. They're worth it. You'll never sleep on anything else again. You're not going to want to go to a hotel anymore. That's the only downside. They're $1,000 quality sheets for a fraction of the price. Plus, you can sleep on them for a month risk-free. And right now, you'll get $50 off any sheet at bowlandbranch.com with promo code Bongino. Spelled B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code Bongino for $50 off. You spend eight hours of your life in bed. Sleep in comfort. Go to bowlandbranch.com, use promo code Bongino. Again, B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code Bongino. Restrictions may apply. See bowlandbranch.com for details. All right. Just one more thing on that before I get to the violence in the streets. One way, I just want to make sure you understand this. You know, any patriotic American should be gaming this out right now, using game theory as to what could happen, because you can't be prepared for scenarios you didn't anticipate, right? The old Donald Rumsfeld, you know, we, you know, the known knowns, the known unknowns, and the unknown unknowns. There are going to be unknown unknowns, but there are known unknowns, right? We don't know what's going to happen, but we know what could happen. And we have to start asking questions that, again, years ago would have sounded like they were insane conspiracy theories out of a comic book. Like, what exactly does the military do? If the election's in dispute, if swing states, that send rival elector factions electing a different president, send them, and Congress has to make a call. What do they do? Who does the military report to? Who does the Secret Service protect? These are real questions. Who does the Department of Justice answer to if forced to investigate election fraud about the election in dispute? If your mind is bending right now, so is mine, because I don't have an answer. I don't know. Your answer is going to be, oh, the military reports to the guy who won. Who says who won? CNN or Fox? Really? Who says? No, Wisconsin says. No, no, they send rival teams. They're saying different things. Biden won. No, Trump won. Really scary stuff. This is the Democrats for you. Okay, last night, the violence in Kenosha after the shooting of uh, Mr. Blake, which we don't have the details on yet. We don't have the details on yet. But of course, uh, you know, liberals who absolutely have fallen in love with the idea of inflaming anti-police and racial hatred in the country have to jump to conclusions and defend mostly peaceful protesters um, who were not mostly peaceful. So I had warned on this show repeatedly 
Nobody wants this. No one. Nobody I know who's sane wants their neighborhood burning down and shootings in their streets. And does any sane person want that? I think the answer is no, we don't. Thank you. Nobody wants the apocalypse at their front door. Yet, of course, this Marxist terror group, BLM, and their even worse fascist terror group, Antifa, which is really pro-Tifa. I get it. The acronyms. I just like pro-Tifa, the pro-fascist group. They love burning your streets down. And I had warned you repeatedly as a man who spent most of his adult life in a prior profession in law enforcement, that my experience is these situations reach a boiling point where people who live in neighborhoods are like, you know what? You're not going to burn my house down today and I'm going to defend it. Do you blame them? And I had warned you that violence was going to hit the streets. I had warned you because the only people who want violence are people who haven't looked at it up close and personal. I'm not going to give you this story again. I've spoken on the show a thousand times. But when you see violence up close and personal as a street cop and you go and you respond to a, a, a homicide and you're in a bodega in the 7-5 precinct in East New York, Brooklyn, somebody I know might have done this. And you see a kid on the floor with his, the contents of his skull all over the place. You, you don't forget that. These people out there, whatever, I don't even care what your politics, you know, shooting, whatever. We didn't. Nah. But I had repeatedly said that people are not going to sit back either. And they are not going to let you attack their families, attack them, and burn their neighborhoods to the ground. Devastating incident in Kenosha last night. A warning. The video is disturbing. It's being played on a lot of outlets. I, I, I actually thought twice about using this video because it is disturbing to watch, but it's necessary because you're going to see more of this in your streets if we don't get these hack, fake, phony, fraud politicians to establish law and order and call out these groups for what they are, anarchists. We're going to see more of this, and nobody, nobody wants this. There's a conflict between these groups, these protesters and these other counter-protesters. It got violent, resulted in a shooting. The shooting was caught on tape. The results of the shooting are all over social media. You can see yourself. I'm not going to post the pictures, but again, warning to parents with kids watching on YouTube. Those listening on audio, you can hear the chaos. I'll describe it afterwards. This video is deeply disturbing. I'm not sure you want your kids to see this. All right. It's about, I don't know, 25 seconds long or so, Paula. So give it like a minute count if you want to be safe. Check this out. What you think you saw and heard, you saw and heard. This is on an American street. This isn't the downtown Kabul. Or Kabul. Someone always sends me an email after that. It's not. This is Kenosha, Wisconsin. You want more of this? And keep voting for the same people who think, no, no, we'll just let these uh, protesters, we'll just let them file down the street and burn people's businesses down and we'll call them mostly peaceful. You want more of this stuff? Of course, no sane, rational person wants any of this. There's a process for police use of force incidents, a legal review process. That process is happening right now with the George Floyd case. It'll happen as well in Wisconsin. There's a crime committed, there'll be a legal review. If there's an administrative law broken, there'll be an administrative review. If there are no laws broken, those reviews will say that. This isn't process. This is a war at your front door. Ridiculous. This video doesn't have any sound, but you want more of this? 
is a, for those of you watching home, is a Black Lives Matter sign in front of a, I think, a, some non-denominational church. Yeah, it's a burning in the background. The cars. Again, you want more of this? You got an election coming up. You got a choice to make. It's clear as day. One side supports law and order. Order is process. The process by which police use of force incidents are reviewed, that is order. When people say law and order, that's what they mean. There is an orderly process where we review these things. I'm not for government overreach either, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to get to that in a second. It'll be my final story. But I'm not for police being thrown under the bus either before you've allowed the process to continue. You don't believe me? Look at this Zogby poll. You think the Democrats are winning on this? Look at this. New poll, Zogby. Hat tip uh, Paul Bedard for this. President Trump's job approval rating, 52% now. Disapproved, 47%. Look at it amongst African Americans, 36% approval. Amongst Hispanics, 37. Asians, 35. He's going up dramatically. Zogby analytics. Why do you think that is? Because racist Democrats treat black people as if they're automatons and they're not independent thinkers, as Dan Cameron addressed in the beginning of the show. You don't think black mothers and fathers, black employees, black union members, black teenagers, black citizens of the United States care about safety in their neighborhoods? You think they want this? It's probably the most racist thing you could say. But Democrats treat them like that. No, no, no. We want riots in the streets. We know how black people think. No, you don't know squat as evidenced by the fact that one side, the Republicans stand for law and order and the Democrats embrace and worship chaos. And people are starting to figure that out. All right, one final note. Can we go to the CBS story, Paul? Sorry, I'm going to have to get to that Spygate story tomorrow. It's a good one. I will get to it this week. It's interesting, but it involves my book and it's kind of, I don't like doing too much book stuff. I... Again, warned you that not only was that fight coming to your door, but on the other side, that the big government fight is coming to your door too. Ladies and gentlemen, the coronavirus plague that's been imposed upon us has brought about an era of government activism and intrusion into your life like nothing I've never seen. And unbelievably, not only are some people just blindly accepting it, they're embracing it. The shutting down of businesses for no scientifically valid reason, as we've seen with Attila's gym in Belmar and all across the country. The harassing of innocent citizens just trying to feed their kids by opening their doors. The imposition of ridiculous rules like Andrew Cuomo's in New York. You can serve alcohol, but you've got to serve food. Well, we're going to serve chips. No, it has to be be a sandwich. What kind of sandwich? It has to be a big sandwich. You think I'm kidding? Go look up Andrew Cuomo making rules about what size sandwich before a bar can serve. You think this is in tyranny? Well, what drives me craziest? And before I start this segment, So there's no misperceptions amongst the lunatic conspiracy theory promoting wacko libs that watch my show. I'm not an anti-mask guy. Some of you have seen me in public with one. Some of you see me without one. I make that determination. If I go in a business that has the mask sign on the door, I put a mask on. If I'm in someone's house and they're uncomfortable, I'll put a mask. I'm not anti-mask. If it makes you comfortable, fine. I personally, it doesn't make me comfortable at all because I know it doesn't do anything or I don't think it does based on what I've read. Some of the gators people were actually break up the droplets. But if it makes you comfortable, I'm not here to start a fight with you. I'm not anti-mask. I'm anti-stupidity. And in the county I live in, which is allegedly Republican, Martin County, Florida, we have county commissioners. One of them, I, I can't believe I just supported this guy. Turns around and again, here's CBS 12 News. Martin County Commissioners passed another mask mandate. <laughs> These guys are unbelievable. We have one, this, uh, what's her, uh, Sarah Hurd, who's just, I expect nothing from her. Terrible anyway. But we have two alleged Republicans, Doug Smith and this guy Ed Campy again. I'm sure this is happening in your neighborhood. I'm not bringing it up because it's my neighborhood only. It's happening. Who just, yeah, yeah, we're Republicans. But you're, damn it, you're going to wear a mask. We're going to tell you. There was no controversy in Martin County at all, just like in your neighborhoods. Businesses had figured it out. People were wearing masks anyway. There was no controversy at all. They did this mask mandate, which I covered on my show, many of you remember, a month ago. I told them they could stick their mask mandate right up their cabooses, which they can stick this one up too. 
It tore the whole county to pieces. They waited till after the election and then they did it again. So as I said last time, I'm not anti-mask. I'm anti-stupidity, which these three clearly are. Don't call me anymore either, by the way. I'm serious. Don't even bother. So these three nanny state egomaniacs, I will ignore you like I did last time. When I go to church, I'll have my mask. When I'm in a place that demands it, a private business, it's their business. I'll wear a mask or I'll leave. And when I'm around people who I think are high risk, I'll wear a mask to make them comfortable. But I won't listen to you just like I didn't last time. You know where I live. You know where I live because one of you put a sign up at my house. You can deliver the summons to my door just like last time. I pay all day. But you can take it. Just like last time. And just know this. We won't make this mistake again. I know it's past the election. You really don't care. You think you're like in it for the cause or whatever. You're really fools. Nanny state egomaniacs wallowing and you know bathing in a mud bath of your own power. I don't forget. My friends won't. And I've got a bigger voice than you. So you've got power. Sadly, you got elected locally, but I've got power too. I've got a microphone, which sometimes is a lot more powerful. And I'm using it to help businesses around the country and counties around the country dealing with the same nonsense. I'm not anti-mask. I'm anti-stupid. And we allow them to do this. Who knows what's next? This is happening in a Republican county. For the first time in the five plus years I've been here, I'm thinking about moving to get away from these egomaniac tyrants. We give a lot of money to the community. We do a lot for the community. We don't do it. We don't brag about it on the show. People know what I'm talking about. We do a lot for this community. We love it here. So when you drive us out, if we decide to move, you can take a bow. We'll take me, our tax money, and everything else we do for the community elsewhere. Where we don't have to live under nanny state egomaniacs like you turds. All right. So tomorrow will be a big day. Don't miss the show. Again, I'll give you coverage on Friday of what it was like live. Hopefully everything goes uh, nice. We get up there. And it works out well. Hopefully I'll get some pictures for you. Really appreciate you tuning in. Please subscribe to the show, youtube.com slash Bongino and on Apple Podcasts as well. Subscriptions are free and it really helps us move up the charts and people recognize the show. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. See you tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.